two hosts. Tell me the most interesting thing on your mind right now. Sorry, I, 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 I was working on something. What was that? Two guests. You know, you guys really suck. Why is the floor wet? One inept producer. I'm just saying, you guys don't have that same thing before sex? I've got a checklist. Four intriguing topics. They talk, you listen. Disappointment follows. Welcome to That Was Disappointing. Remember to tip your veal and try the waitress. By torchlight, you all continue down the damp, dark corridor. The unforgettable stench of troll permeates the air. Brittle bones litter the floor and crunch as you step. You enter a room to face the troll, known by the villagers its torments as the Lex. Your weapons are drawn. <laughs> Bells are at the ready. Roll for initiative. We're doing Dungeons and Dragons today, bitches. Fuck yeah! 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 God, I'm so fucking hard right now. I thought you trolls were stinky, but damn. I, I am hard because. Oh, well, there goes that joke. I swear to God. Oh, you cock. Can we God, please have sucks. one episode <laughs> where you don't fuck that up? Just one? And that stereo's a punch. Here we go. Wow. It's DND. So true. Oh, man. Um, this will probably be one of the few times where I actually try to edit that. But now that I've said that, I'm not going to do it. It's okay. Welcome back to the show, everybody. <clears throat> Those 22 of you out there who do listen devoutly, we appreciate you. You heard our dungeon master extraordinaire, Ken earlier on hello thank you ken no got yourself you got your host art here you also have my other host who is woefully inept when it comes to DD, and that is the lex the troll wait 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 this is a DD episode i thought this was a wow episode um we got our schedules mixed up that's next week buddy for the alliance wait is that right <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never played it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. Um, I, I was an EverQuester. Yay, StarQuest! <laughs> um, well, and also, as it would happen, this is technically the very last episode of our very first season, which marks fifty-two fucking weeks of doing this show. So, kudos never, to Ken back. and Joe um, for being here for that. Don't worry. Um, season two will suck just as much. We're just going to rehash the same topics. It's going to be that theme too. This one that's too. Exactly. We're just going to do the bugaloo. That's what it is all the way around. Yep. 52 more of them. Uh, so joining us today on our panel of extraordinary awesome people, we have returning guest, Tim. How are you doing, Tim? Greetings and salutations. He has I'm a delightful well. t-shirt. Can you tell us what your t-shirt says? Uh, it says... <clears throat> you're not just wrong the rules also say you're a dick <laughs> ah yes and speaking of rules we have our own personal rules lawyer on the line here good friend of mine john first to the show um i would say longtime listener but that's not true short-term <laughs> listener first time caller how are you doing john <laughs> doing all right today art <laughs> and we also have a returning guest chris hello Listen to how excited Hello. he is to be here. Hello. Hello. Wow, everybody's so happy to be here for our Dungeons and Dragons. And Dragons. <laughs> I think right. it's the first time there we've actually got three themed t-shirts. That's that the, true. That Look first... at that. Yeah, we got uh, Choose Your Weapons. We got the Rules Dick thing. And you got your shirt there, Ken. And I like it. I like everything I'm seeing. When so, did we talk about Battletech? <laughs> I'm just going to mute Joe's channel. We don't really need him for this episode. It'll be fine. Uh, what's everybody drinking tonight? How about you, Chris? We'll start with you. I am starting off with some uh, with some mead, actually. So there's a uh, Havoc mead has a ginger ginger themed mead. That's it's uh, actually really good. It tastes just like ginger beer. Nice. Going with the theme. And how about you, John? Anything? I am 
I am also having a mead. I am drinking Viking oh. blood. Oh, Viking so blood. I stuff. love their stuff. That's Very good, good shit. Stuff. And it is being poured over uh, iced D20s. Sick. Oh, dude. <laughs> nice. Doubled down. Love it. So if nothing else, there I there you go. You got me. Sweet. Tim. Uh, I have uh, an old bust head Vixen Irish style red ale. And it is delicious. And Ken? Uh, I'm out of Coke. So it's it's vodka and orange juice. Good old Sweet. screwdriver. Sweet. Good old screw in the driver. Yep. And Mr. Lex? Well, I am once again working on a little concoction of uh, cherry Coke and Southern Comfort. That's mm, delicious. Um, never let it be said that uh, you don't have a very sophisticated palate. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Amie. I can't pronounce it. Yeah, that's 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 good, Joe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he just lost his shit. That's good. And uh, I am uh, very much in the spirit with my Modelo Chilada Tamarindo Picante. Yum. So let's get this started, right? Uh, so D and is the name of the game. Let's all go around with our topic. So I'll start out here. So we all know that when you're playing a long campaign and you're doing multiple sessions over time, at some point, I don't know why, but everybody in the group gets a little bit punchy and we don't really do anything. So I want to talk about your most fun, wasted D&D session. So, for example, for me, and John already knows this because he's part of the group I play with now. Damn it, you're going to take it. I am, but you've had you've had sessions where I'm not around, so you can probably do better. But one session, see, we're playing a pirate, th- or not a pirate <laughs> theme, but a sea, seaworthy sort of thing. So there's a ship. And one day we just said, you know what? We had a bunch of booty and treasure. We're going to deck the ship out. We're going to do a fundraiser. We're going to go into town and get something called claw wine. And we're going to have a big old fuck off party (laughs) on the boat and sell tickets. And that was what the entire day was, was just role playing, setting up a party, figuring out the event, figuring out how we would cater it, how it would be decored, what sort of amusements there would be, such as dancing dolphins and weird fire shit and all this other craziness. And our good captain, Captain Swarthy, was the master of ceremonies. Wasn't that right, Captain Swarthy? <laughs> he caught him. I almost, no, I almost had, Swarthy has his own voice. And I, there it is. Yeah, she was a wonderful big gay booze cruise. It was a giant big gay booze cruise, and it was wonderful. And uh, my character, Gruelnuck, he just got really drunk and kept peeing all <laughs> over the bow, no, the bow, because he's a big dumb half orc. So yes, the question, Joe, was what was the most fun dumb session where you got nothing done? There was no battles. There was nothing. You just it was literally about the role playing, and not about the mechanics of the game. I would just um, like so to th- say that I'm jealous because John has better accents than I do. <laughs> <laughs> You have an excellent British accent. Well, actually, uh, yes, you. you do. Here, John, you want to hear a great British accent? Listen, this is Joe. I am. Oh, that's the wrong one. Here's Joe. Fish and chips. And then we and then ready. We're, we we have we have his his spot on Irish. Chips and begora. So <laughs> it's the same voice. It's the same voice. Don't tell him that. It's out there. It's out there. You know? Wow. So. Uh, well, John, now that I, I, I might have taken your thunder, do you have another moment from one of the times I wasn't around? I feel like you've described some crazy shit that happens when I missed a session. Yeah, but it, we're still somewhat at least continuing the campaign. That that booze cruise really was <laughs> the highlight. I guess I'll just add a few extra details. Um, anyone who's familiar with the Sean Connery movie Zardoz? Yes. Mm-hmm. Our our ship's crew was decked out in pastel versions of his outfit. Yes, excellent. <laughs> Giant uh, Borat onesies. Yeah. <laughs> we had a ride where you get launched from a trebuchet into the ocean uh, to get <laughs> caught on a giant spider's web. Our druid grew weed. Uh, I so, forgot about that. That's yeah, so good. So, so the entire ship had a contact high and everything was with disadvantage to um, maintain order <laughs> and civility amongst us. Uh, just a damn good time. And being the total nerd I am, I was the one working out how much each servings of wine was and what we were charging and how much we would make versus everything else at the end of the 
of the big cruise. Did, That's did right, because we got like a tankard or a flag. Oh, in. yeah. Oh, we, we made a hell of a lot of money. Um, nice. Dude, claw wine keep, makes people crazy. Uh, yeah, and I keep pushing to have more cruises because now that the glassware and everything's already paid itself off, we'll make even more profit. So. <laughs> So look at that, the business mechanic of D&D. Yeah, we literally opened a bar on our pirate ship. So whenever uh, and that's, we're in town, people can come and drink. Yeah, and that was all designed by our um, uh, tiefling, uh, mm-hmm. Urtu's place. So named it after his god. And I think we recently put, what, a giant set of jaws there, right? Uh, there is a giant set of jaws that's uh, a giant shark's jaw that we killed is uh, the entrance that's cool. We're planning a few more, but you weren't there the other day, so I don't want to spoil too much right now. Oh, shnikes. Uh, what about you, Tim? What about uh, your favorite not doing anything? I think uh, that was probably in the campaign where I was playing a gnomish barbarian who was unfamiliar with uh, <laughs> civilized ways and such and was brought into this, like, you know, royal like castle and palace things. The party was there to be, you know, there was someone there to you know do some bidding for the local lord or whatever. And uh my character basically wandered around not understanding things the whole time and <laughs> went into one of like the bathrooms and they had like the little dishes of soap that looks like fruit. And he was like, ah, fruit. So he like goes and like takes a bite out of it. And it's like, those taste like shit. So he's, because uh, he's a gnome, even though he's a barbarian, his uh, ability scores were high enough. He had the ability to cast prestidigitation. So he just cast prestidigitation to make the soap fruit taste like fruit and just kept eating it. And then was just wandering around awesome. like burping bubbles and shit the entire rest of the time, just getting in people's way. <laughs> That is, that's awesome. That's like one of those uh, internet memes you'll see when someone's like posted on Twitter how high they were and they're holding a styrofoam <laughs> fruit that they're so stoned they ate the whole goddamn thing. So, that's wonderful. Uh, Chris. So my, my DM right now is really into alcohol. So naturally we always end up having to have a session where we we find we either find a way to uh, produce some sort of alcohol or sell it. So one one of my favorite memories is uh, a couple, probably about a year year and a half ago or so. We were in one, some some random city in his in his uh, in his universe, and we were trying to come up with a way to like trying to make up some uh, some money, trying to try to find a way to get into a bar that has other miscellaneous stuff. Uh, plot reasons, you know, trying to find a reason why. So we come up with a great idea. Oh, let's come up with a an alcohol that we're going to pitch to the bartenders. Like, hey, we got to see, we got something great. Let's see if you guys want it. So we got some sort of random uh, generic, uh, I don't know, Elvish wine or something. Maybe when we get some uh, some squidding just to make it look different. And then one of our our uh, a cleric that was in our party who turns out to be evil. Um, he uh, he had something that like pr- uh, boosts his perception uh, and makes him like awakened or something. I don't know. It's, it, was, it was really weird. So we add that in there. And whoever took a shot of that made everyone. Uh, he had to roll a con save and had to have to try to figure out uh, if you see stuff that's not actually there or not. And whoever <laughs> did, we we found we saw like some guy with a whose neck twisted all all the way around, just like stared at you and then he disappeared. It was really weird. But nice it's great well, i like we just really go out on a limb joe how about your favorite <laughs> <laughs> i'm just okay, kidding so... you just shut the fuck up it's fine no, no 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 i can answer this so so my most fun on a wasted session other than the taping of this podcast right now um was a few years ago i was at my local comic book store um they were having one of their i think black friday deals or something like that um where it was like you know you know half off basically everything there in the store with the exception of a few items here and there and i said oh here's the dnd monster manual uh you know it might be fun to take a gander through here especially if it's half off so i took it up to the front desk they said oh this is not covered uh by the sale so i put the book back and got like a funko instead and that was probably the most fun I ever had during a wasted D&D session. And it was probably like an office space Funko or something like that. So it was pretty cool. 
Okay. That's, um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That's really, that's great. Um, Kenny, do you have anything you'd like to add? Because you are part of this combo now. Yeah, I guess uh, I have, I'll tell you what, um, it's funny because as a DM, I like, I almost never let my people do that kind of things. Like just, <laughs> just waste the whole day. I, I have before, but nothing as cool as what you guys did. The, my funnest time being a player was a uh, second edition. Um, this was back when I was in high school. There was like eight of us at the table. Um, and we were at this bar and the DM struggling to get us all together. Um, I was playing a gnome illusionist um, who like had sleeping issues and had his own device that would like this Rube Goldberg contraction. And if that device didn't wake him up, he like he, he took him like round after round to wake up and I'd have to roll <laughs> to check their wake up. And a halfling, uh, we there, everybody's at the bar in our party was uh, we took one of our friends who's never played before and she made like this 500 pound warrior and she's up in a bikini dancing on top of the table and the table Ooh, breaks <laughs> this is D, D, joe you're missing it yeah <laughs> but uh yeah Man, like when i <laughs> um I, I haven't played since second edition um as far as player I, i've only dm'd after that i was always the guy running the games and everything so i, I run a i run a tight ship well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make an addendum on some of those early sessions uh, that you were, that we did when we were kids. And I remember, like, it's sort of like, I remember one session devolved into, like, just this one guy, you know, remember Brian, um, seeing how many things he could invent. And it literally, whoever was DMing at the time just came down with a, like, well, you know, roll in intelligence. And he came up with the fucking zipper. He invented the zipper and he called it the metal clencher. And then he I decided to this. invent something else and something else. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening right I now? I recall there being a ship that we had. Um, I think I was DMing this. There was a ship and we ended up turning it into a submarine. That sounds about right. Yeah, he found a way. It's like, I'm going to yeah. invent the submarine. Now. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's time. Oh, there you have it, Ken. So uh, how did uh, how did that shake out for you? Oh, dude, I don't know. I, I can't do this. This this is too hard. But well, just, um, just roll dude, a uh, one hundred. John yeah. and Art, they get half the points. It was a great story. Oh, there it is. Huzzah! Wait, where's my huzzah? Oh, there you are. Huzzah! Well, technically, didn't Art steal John's story? Because Art true. spoke first, this but he also knew what John was going to talk about. So I didn't. I had a feeling, I, but I didn't know. Huh? So there's that. The bullshit. Chris, he always has up? a feeling when it comes to me. So I, I do. I do. Um, I I always do. John, you know it. I know. You were saying? Oh Boy, yeah. Sorry. Here. Um, oh right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Chris, what was up? What a standstill. Um, <laughs> uh so my question so here is uh what is your the favorite character your most favorite character you've either played so far or a character that you have not had a chance to play yet but you really want to and you could if you you could you could do both if you only have if you have both or you could do one that doesn't really matter um i'm gonna cheat and say i have two for my favorite characters right now also uh three five edition a couple years ago we were i was uh third or fourth campaign or so i had a character and i i try to get i try to get all my characters to have an actual an actual occupation so they're not like an actual adventure they're they're uh they have something else that that forces them to go that they forces them to do something beforehand um so this one guy and i'm for whatever reason i can't remember his name right now but he was a whaler so he had a harpoon, he had a net and everything. And it was really cool because he would, uh, and this is like an actual subclass of, of ranger. So this is in one of the many, many books or something, but uh, uh, the net would, he would throw the net. This is all like mechanics space is the main reason why I liked it. But so he would throw the net, it would, it would reduce the AC of the enemy. Then he would throw the harpoon and then they, he would be able to keep them there no matter what. That's cool. And then people can like, you know, electrify, electrify the net and everything. Uh, the current character that I'm playing right now is a turtle uh, bard. And uh, through some uh, legal loopholes, 
I found out that you could actually become a lich uh, <laughs> without having actually to do any of the lich kind of necromancy stuff. Like just by a doing phylactery? Uh, well, eventually I will be getting one of those, but um, through, cool. the bar through the Bard College of Lore, I think, for 5th edition, uh, you, you get extra spells every, uh, every second or third level or so, and you could get as many necromancy levels as possible up, up, to, up until uh, level 18. And by that point, it could be a lich, so which is kind of cool. It is kind of nice. cool. And uh, the character that I've, I've wanted to play that I haven't had a chance to play is basically a tiefling bard who's trying to get uh, his golden fiddle back from the jerk that's uh, down in Georgia and everything. So <laughs> nice. Basically. I like it. I just want to comment. Does anybody else notice how much Joe's eyes are glazing over? He's, he's probably reading Reddit right now or looking up some sort of Bigfoot porn. I was no, just about to say, that's actually, not Reddit, it's porn. I am actually doing some research uh, for when I answer this question because I actually have a semi-decent answer. I'm making sure that I have the, uh, the information accurate here. So, fuck you, Art. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. All right, I guess I'll jump in next. Um, as far as picking a favorite character, that's damn near impossible. But um, one character I really liked that I had kind of made up and developed that I didn't get a chance to play was um, it was a cleric of Saloon um, who, if you're not familiar with Forgotten Realm setting, is a moon goddess. And one of the things that she kind of has uh, a thing about is like redeeming lycanthropes. So the, the character is actually a were crocodile cleric of Saloon. Nice. And, uh, my DM. Which, which just wasn't having it. Never, never let me play it when, uh, when we're when I was interested in playing it, and uh, that, that's always been kind of a bummer. I've always wanted to kind of circle back to that at some point. Um, but it, it, it's funny because in contrast to that, so I've played some really insane characters, not under that DM, but like I think one of my craziest slash one of my favorites was actually a anthropomorphic killer whale, half black dragon monk. Excellent. Go on. <laughs> So he had, you know, multiple different attacks with just like massive amounts of damage from his strength, and he also could, you know, throw a bite attack uh, and had wings and could fly and like just like it was just insane. Did, how did this character fit through doors? Um, <laughs> he was pretty limited in where he could go, so we had to go to dungeons. It's okay, guys. I'll wait out here for you. <laughs> or he made his guys. own doors. I'll just wait here. Yeah, there was no dungeons in that game, just dragons and an outdoor scapes. So, yeah, well, he's a lot of times he could just make his own doors, or uh, the mage in the party could cast, you know, reduce and shrink them down. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, I mean, I'm already sort of yamming. Um, I, I, I actually don't have too, too many characters in my repertoire because it's been such a long time, but I would say most recently would be uh, actually in the last D&D campaign that I had done uh, was this um, uh, this ranger assassin guy named Drans that I think he was, you know, it, it does, everybody loves rangers and does rangers all the time and all that shit. So, but I think for me, that's not what was interesting. It was what was interesting was he was the first character that I actually sat down and I crafted this entire backstory because that DM at the time was very curious about knowing a handful of things about each character because he wove that into the tapestry of the overall module he had. So like I had a very personal, like my guy was a half elf and it was a type of elf. I don't remember specifically, but um, that was, you know, uh, very much, it wasn't a dark elf, but it was a very much hated and this mix in this particular country we were in, you know, that to be that person was a very bad thing. So there was a vengeance thing there. And I actually had like this, you know, hit list of people I was trying to come back and take take out. And as we would go through the adventure, just in random towns that would actually weave into the story. And it was just so everybody had their own thing. So there's the big quest, but then we each had our own personal things that we were taking care of. And I think that just the specificity of that character was super cool. Um, even though, again, Rangers are pretty basic, but I like them. They're fun. <laughs> I mean, you can really take any type of character and make it an interesting character. You just that is, it works especially well when you have a DM who likes to do that and and yeah. weave the stories into it and everything. Yeah. I love playing in games like that. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, good stuff. How about you, Sir John? Yeah, so I've only started playing like this past year or so, to be honest. So swarthy so, would be it, eh? Yes. Uh, <laughs> first character was, you know, beginner's kit. It's already pre-made. And then we had another small adventure and we needed a healer. So I once again got to play a cleric. And now I finally got to really make something of my own. So Swarthy is a, a half-elf swashbuckling pirate who started off all about adventure and, you know, it's being famous, getting loot, um, being a swashbuckler, you know, precise stabs, has a rather large spleen collection that he keeps on the inside of his coat, kind of like hawking yes. watches in New York City. <laughs> um, but just the twists and turns that I never would have expected. He has a very uh, intimate and physical relationship with his first mate, Phil. <laughs> In fact, when people found are using, love on board, <laughs> oh, like um, when we have downtime and, you know, someone's trying to learn a new language or fix up a home or something like that. It's yeah. Swarthy got provisions and went back to the ship for an orgy for two. This is <laughs> typically how he spends his downtime. Um, <laughs> but honestly, he's he's gotten less and less interested in adventure and is really wanting to just retire from all this shit and be an event planner based on how well the cruise went as we had discussed earlier so i'm just having so much fun and 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 i mean that fucking voice how can you just know lovey <laughs> and I, I have to say that playing with swarthy anytime before poor fucking dm he's like oh, right God. so do you want to do this thing for the admiral and then just sort of everyone's quiet and swarthy's like do we have to <laughs> it's like well, I, I, yeah it's like Meh. Fine. <laughs> Fine. It's, and it's funny because he's not playing. He's like truthfully just not <laughs> wanting to do it. <laughs> it's That's great. The idea of a character who just doesn't want to be here. Yeah. I don't well, he yeah, just like we got we got hired to you know hired to go claim this chest and bring it back. I'm like, can we just open it? I mean, he's gonna pay us this much. How much is this shit worth? Come on, let's just. <laughs> oh, that poor DM's DM's like, damn like, it, I didn't no, think it's... about that. It's like, <laughs> no, look, you don't want to open it. Okay, you know what? You guys just can't fucking open it. All right, just take the damn chest yeah, back. Yeah, it turned into <laughs> you literally are not able to roll high enough to open this. <laughs> Just return the damn chest and move the story on. <laughs> Playing a character who doesn't want to be here. It's sounding very meta right now. I know. Right? <laughs> it's a, is that character named Joe? I, so say, I think I've got a name for my next character. I'm coming yeah. Yeah. So I was oh, and look at that, say, Joe. I, I you only have going, one minute left, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to use a little bit of a cheat, uh, which is why I, I was doing some research, because as you all know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a D&Der. Uh, but um, there was a video game that came out a few years back, uh, actually 2014, so more than a few years, called South Park, The Stick of Truth. And um, <laughs> uh, my answer to my favorite character you've ever played uh, would be the character that you make up in that game. It's, it's like a D&D game, except set in the South Park universe. And um, the reason he is my favorite character is because one of the uh, one of the easiest achievements you can earn in a game is when you're shrunk down to the sap, to the size of a, you know, let's say a mouse <laughs> and you're making the way uh, you're making your way through your house and you come into your parents' room and they're banging. And if you sit there and watch the scene unfold for 60 seconds, you get the yeah, perverted yeah. achievement, which is worth 15 points. So I, I would say that is my favorite character I've played. That's um, very that's, good. That's great. <laughs> uh, I, I've never played that, but I've heard it was a good game, um, though. I have to say the other game title is so much better. South Park Fractured Butthole. Yes. yes. Right. That was the sequel. Ah, uh, Yes. That one's superheroes. Yeah. Ah. I haven't played that one yet. Nice. All right, Ken. Fuck, dude. I keep forgetting about that. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do points this time. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, What's this, Ken? The squirrel. I want. <laughs> let's go with Tim. He had a, a nice <laughs> arrangement of, of characters there. 
That that sounded very scientific. Well, <laughs> let's let's go with Tim. Do. <laughs> I, I was gonna roll a die for all of this, but I, I didn't. I forgot it. It's in the other room. Well, what do you need rolled? Do you need a ten d twenty? No, I, I no. I need to have it in my hands. Well, you can die. just trust me. <laughs> no, we're good. We'll do that next. Well, thirteen. He got a thirteen. I can I can roll my hundred. Don't pass die. your save. Oh wow! I think that's a pain in the butt die to roll on a table. Yeah, it. You but never it know is. where it actually ends up landing on. Still rolling, and off the table it goes. Yeah, so it, it almost never stops on the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got John next. Uh, yeah, so one thing, uh, again, barely having played the game at all, but knowing of it for most of my life, uh, outside of actually playing D&D, what's a nice way that it has affected your life? Uh, for me, it's that it gave us Final Fantasy. Uh, Square was literally going bankrupt. It was literally their last game, and that's why it has that title. And they had so little resources. Uh -huh. They took the rules and the stat blocks and the monsters of the time, and that's how they came up with their game system. That's crazy. I did not know that. And so that, of course, saved the company. It's gone on and on. And then, you know, I think it was around, what, seventh grade, like Final Fantasy VII came out absolutely everyone played this fucking game the people who shit on the kids who play DD would love this game and so it's just something that's always uh you know you're all I'm, i've always found a way to connect with other people through that series as well as just great stories great music and things that uh you know memories always I'll always carry nice what about you tim i mean honestly uh, this is I guess kind of a cliche, but uh, just in general, just like the friends that I've made with D and D, uh, some of the my very best friends that I, I'm still close to to this day, and many of whom I still do some role playing with. Actually, not so much D and D with with some of those groups, different role playing games and whatnot. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the the godparents of my my kid are people I I role play with and and stuff. So like, it's really just from a social standpoint really been like kind of a linchpin uh in in my life but um and and, and just being able to kind of really open up and 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 you know self-therapize if you know have issues i need to work through you can you can, you can get a lot out in a D, D session you know <laughs> have, a, have a good cry you know there you go well i, I think rolling <laughs> dice is also very therapeutic that's true. It is that that, that whole just kind of tactile sense of it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Except when you roll ones every single time. Yeah. <laughs> After the DM rolls twenties every single time. Well, do you then, guys, does your then DM you can work roll... out your rage issues? <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought normal life, I thought normal life prepared me how to uh, deal with disappointment, and then I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, can you DM uh, open roll, or does he roll behind the screen? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's uh, all been online so far, so like no oh, one really see. sees anyone's roles, to be honest. I see. Yeah, depending on how you We're, connect, I mean, there's lots of virtual tabletops that you can use. You have options on how you share the roles and everything. I've been using yeah. Foundry virtual tabletop, and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of want to start. Basically, just been skyping. I, I want to do something like that, Tim, because frankly, I'm not buying it when I keep hearing the same motherfucker get a natural twenty like four times in a game. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I, want to you say, got weighted dice or you just lie. I, I just highly recommend Foundry. It's very modular. There's a lot you can do with it. Sorry, I cut you up. John. Oh no, it's fine. I just wanted to say that this past Sunday, um, all of Gruelnox's rolls were absolute shit. That's not a surprise. So it's, it's in character. All of my roles are in character. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. who's rolling for you. It doesn't matter. This this <laughs> character just rolls for shit. There's... And what's great is, you know, here I am. They, they, everyone's like, well, we needed a tank. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll be the big fucking barbarian who just rages all the time and turns into a fucking blender. And then as soon as I do that, then it's like I constantly miss. I keep <laughs> dropping the sword on my foot or, you know, I go to grunt and I fart and then all the bad guys laugh at me. And it's really upsetting. So, and that's probably the other reason why I did not mention him because at least my other character that I, I did like could, you know, put an arrow through somebody's eye from, you know, a thousand yards away or some crazy shit like that. And Gruel not can't fucking hit a giant ass ogre who's standing right in front of him. So, <laughs> no, he can't. No, he can't. It's a fucking there's, there's one of those in every party. 
There is. There Every is. single party, there's just, dude, it's not your night. It's never your night. No. The only thing good that that guy has is crazy hit points so that they can just beat me up. He's a meat so, shield. You know, I guess then the answer how that's affected my life, John, is <laughs> D&D has just reinforced that sometimes in life, you're the boxer and sometimes you're the punching bag. And I think I know exactly which one I am. And you're, you're, you're the meat shield. I am the meat shield. Oh, new band name called it. Who's next? Tim, Chris. I'll go next. Oh, um, I haven't. Tim just went. Yeah. It seems like I have been bringing up the uh, rear a lot on these topics for obvious reasons. Um, I would have to say that outside of playing the game, which <laughs> I haven't, um, DD has affected my life by really, I guess, kind of being the catalyst for a really uh for some really great shows on television um you know i I, once again i was just doing some research here one of the best episodes of community Ah, um, yeah (laughs) was you know advanced dungeons and dragons from the second season which of course revolved around a game of dungeons and dragons also one of the hottest shows uh right now streaming of course is stranger things and uh you know the the very first episode one of the very first scenes is all the characters playing dungeons and dragons prior to everything hell basically in fact i believe that both the demogorgon and the mind flare after dnd characters correct yeah that's how you found out about the demogorgon <laughs> so so i mean it's so just looking at it pop culture wise, it is like, like, you know, even a show which in its heyday was pretty good. And then, you know, really kind of beat, became like the shits in later years with the Big Bang Theory. Even that would, would, would have shows talk, you know, making jokes about Dungeons and Dragons or them playing Dungeons and Dragons, so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's, it's really culturally wise. It's made a significant impression on my life just because of all these great TV, TV shows, basically. I'll That's buy it. Have. I'll buy it. Can I think that's me right yeah, now. Chris. Um, oh, it's Chris. I could easily say friends, the friends we met along the way, because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my, oh, my dude. Wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to change pages and I hit the wrong key. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Can you say that? Again? No worries. No, no. My, I mean, yeah. Friends. My DM is my best, was my best man at my wedding and one of my oldest friends. But I'll, in order to change it, I'll say it's a really great creative outlook, uh, output rather. So, uh, my wife and I do, are, 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 writers or would-be writers if you will so uh this is it's a great way to explore different ways to uh uh to create a story i suppose so and you you might not know necessarily how your characters are going to end up along the way but it's a dnd i find is a is a fantastic way to just kind of uh let your mind play around with the with the story and maybe maybe you might be able to figure out a plot point that uh has been difficult for a while so uh i I enjoy it for the creativity of it yeah collaborative storytelling exactly it's for me it's the storytelling because like i said i I dm more than i play i've only played a real full campaign once and that campaign ended well, the first part of that campaign ended with my character on the back of a dragon just beating the shit out of it. And I leave that seat and then we were introducing an NPC and uh, the DM, we had pre-discussed that I was going to take over the game because I we were going to go a different direction. So his story plot ed- ended and his character was already kind of introduced. None of the other players knew what was going on. And then literally my character like sacrifices himself on a flaming dragon as it falls into the gutter somewhere. And um, that's stuff, that's great stuff, man. That's like the kind of thing, and did you get to be a part of that? You know, like there's, yes, that character died and yes, it's just a piece of paper, but you know, you don't 
he's gone and, and there's there's emotion there and it's fun it's a whole lot of fun can i'm gonna give this, the points to chris was this actual audio of you playing that last that last session with your character they may take our lives that, but they'll never take our freedom bolar boulder shoulder he was a half fighter half cleric so i don't know and 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 i'm probably showing my age here although i think a lot of us with the exception of chris are probably around the same age um but but there was a a great cartoon uh that i watched as a kid um where john ritter did one of the voices called like the flight of dragons does anyone remember that also it had james earl jones as well Hmm. no i don't recall that fucking love that cartoon it, it, it was like one of those sunday night like cartoon movies and i had it on like a vhs tape and it was just uh you know I, i'm guessing that that's probably yeah you know in, in, in uh, fact i think wrecking, wrecking and bass what's that it was the animators or it was a, it was a ranking and bass no shit really oh wow I, I had no idea yeah that is correct yeah, yeah. and uh and that was also kind of uh based after like a D&D game as well. And then, God, I, you know, it, it, it's a kind of cartoon that I loved as a kid. Something tells me if I watched it nowadays, it'd probably be the, the kind of thing that does not hold up. <laughs> but uh, but it was like a kid. Oh, man. That was the shit. That would be Mac and me for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, Ken. You said you gave who the points? Chris. Chris, eh? surprise motherfucker all right who is next there on the dais oh tim 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 so i was wondering if you had a uh like most memorable magic item that you've either you had or someone in your party had in the campaign it can be like the best thing the worst thing or just like the craziest magic item that you've uh, had in, in the game mm-hmm. for for me um i think the, the the probably most memorable one is when i i was actually dming um i gave one of my uh party mem- uh, the guys in the party a deck of many things oh god which, <laughs> yeah if, if you're not familiar essentially is is deck of cards and basically what it is is you draw a card and there's a list of effects for every single card oh my they, they range oh my. From completely like innocuous, like nothing effects that basically do nothing, to like doesn't really hurt you, but is kind of you know crazy, like permanently turns you blue, yeah. to <laughs> like really, really, really bad, like you die outright. Like it, they they really yeah. run the gamut. Like you can get really, you can get rich, you can get dead, like anything in between. Like it's it's nuts. Um, this 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 particular group was kind of crazy, and uh, they were invading this this wizard tower at one point and they couldn't get into the wizard's lab and the reason they couldn't is it was blocked by a magical door but when i rolled for the door being created it actually rolled as an intelligent magical item so there's an intelligent (laughs) magical door keeping them from getting in and since it studied you know with the wizard and everything it knew spells and stuff so it was like pretty badass cool um, they talked it into letting them in if they took it out of there and, and let it see the world. So they popped it <laughs> off its hinges and took the door with them. And uh, That's great. So I, I'm getting to the point. The deck of many things, they drew a card and it was a friend becomes a foe. <laughs> the magical door became their enemy. And ultimately, the end of the campaign was this magical door had convinced a bunch of laborers to build it a gigantic adamantium golem body. And they had to basically climb up this adamantium golem a la Shadow of the Colossus to get to like the core of it and destroy the magical door it was like the final battle of that's the, uh, pretty cool. Game. That's yeah. ridiculously awesome. That, that the is. whole thing was just nuts. That, that entire campaign was basically improv. I didn't plan a single thing. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. that's the funnest part, man. Yeah, it was good times. <clears throat> but yeah, so anyway, most memorable magic item be awesome, terrible, or just hilarious. So how the hell does anybody beat that one, huh? <laughs> well, I'm not, but I'll at least talk, I guess. 
<laughs> when in doubt, John. When in doubt, John. Uh, it wasn't so much the item. I don't think it's even a magical one, but it's the only one that springs to mind with the few games I've played. And it was more of the party, really. Uh, we had a bard who was not horny, actually. He was more midlife crisis, and all his songs were about how we're marching to our death. And then all of the rest of the party was females, and we basically had stripper names. You know, we were Diamond and Sapphire and, and all this. Awesome. Um, our group is about half and half, male and female in real life anyway. But anyway, um, <laughs> we got what whatever it is. It's you know about the, a rod that's about a, a foot long, but it can extend to 10 feet. And so basically so many times it's fighting over who gets to use that to like pole dance combat <laughs> against our enemies <laughs> or, you know, maybe try and make a few bucks, you know, when we're in town, put on a show and who got to have it and who could use it the most effectively. <laughs> Very versatile. I like that. <laughs> you could really fuck with people too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just wherever it was swoop, there you go you got a dance floor you know nice <laughs> starting to notice a common theme here in the games that you play probably some I, sort I of no dancing and partying about. no idea what you're talking about of course of course all right so as far as best worst magical item goes i would um obviously again spoiler alert i haven't played so i'm doing some research here but i'm on a web page where a friend of mine talks about the 20 most what the fuck magical items in Dungeons and Dragons. And I like his description here of the ring of contrariness. The first of many magical items that I will simply call artifacts of dickishness. See, <laughs> magic items have to be crafted by wizards. They require time, power, and a great many resources. So why would anyone waste their time making a magic item whose only result is making someone kind of annoying the ring of contrariness which as you might have suspected forces the wearer to disagree with everything anyone says is a prime example of some wizard wasting his time <laughs> so so i would have to say that i love the idea uh of the ring of contrariness because it, it sounds like something that that would be that that would make itself well at home here on this podcast <laughs> i think it's already made itself here joe in the form of you Amen. Apparently, it's been the cock ring you've been wearing ever since we started. Um, for me, I think... Did you say cock ring? I sure did. Nice. You're welcome. <laughs> I think for me, it's this uh, thing called the pipe of remembrance, where I can just <laughs> sit down with this long Gandalfian pipe and just pucker away at some mysterious weed that creates these large plumes of smoke to create a... a, a <laughs> living theater piece out of out of fog and, and air and i believe we actually use that during our uh, our giant booze cruise to entertain yeah. perhaps some of the 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 people who were there with some feats of our our daring do um though i just now occurs to me that i could probably use it for insidious purposes or at least just to relive previous sexual encounters you know just to smoke the pipe and say hey show me that one time with that one ogress mm, yeah yeah we did use it as entertainment on the cruise i i had honestly spaced it out between the octopus juggling dolphins and you know the the catapulting patrons in the sea and all well the you gotta you gotta people. give them you know you can't give them all at once right? <laughs> so, you gotta save some <laughs> Oh, we have all new ideas. Our, our 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 warlock can polymorph now, so that's all I'm going to say. Oh shit! Oh jeez! <laughs> wait, wait, wait! If it's not a dancing confused. bear, then I don't want to see it. I was a bit confused with our talking about uh, uh, sex with an with an ogre or something like that, and I realized he he was talking about D and I, I thought you were talking about <laughs> some of your old sexual encounters about to say man what a dick yeah, well look I, I don't want to remember any of those ogresses okay i just rather leave the past in the past my friend no need to no need to wake up that that traumatic scar so let's put that back where we found it so who's next uh chris i think it's me yep uh so our our dm had us uh he 
uh, rather all, all all the characters in our in our teams like hey we're we're a little antsy we want to we want to go to a magic shop and so he came up with this uh this magic shop called razu's magic shop and everything so and he came up with just a whole bunch of random items and he handed them out randomly and uh my my turtle bard uh boon me he got a uh a lump of goo as it as it were and uh, so the magical properties that after we ascertained what they actually were, it's only I'm able to move it. So what with my with my bar to turtle bard, I took one level of artificer and I got uh, catapult. So I would catapult this immovable goo and I would stick people to places. And one of the one of my finer moments was we were fighting a, uh, a dragon of some sort and I catapulted straight into its mouth. So it was incapable of breathing oh. and it wasn't able to do its breath weapon or anything. So we were able to like uh, incapacitate it for a little bit. So I was very happy with, uh, uh, with that, uh, with that item. Everyone, not everyone else got something that was as useful as this goo. That's always but, the uh, case. Um, uh, I'm, I'm happy I got this one though. Yeah. Then there's like the other person in the party who just gets like shoes plus one. Basically, yeah. Like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, like so, the fighter. Yeah. How's that feel to you? Um, my favorite magical item that I've ever uh I did like I said, I wasn't playing, I was DMing, but um I had a bard. Um, this was a game where my characters hailed from 20th, 21st century Earth, actually. Um, so this particular bard in the party was, um, he's from Japan. He speaks very little English, but loves American music. So they get sucked into this D and D world and everything's crazy. They, they put the shocker on their shields and, um, it's really funny because they don't have to, you know, get that far into the world and they're able to kind of use vernacular that we use and all this crap. And I'm like, you know, what are you trying to say? But this uh, particular magical item for the bard was a disembodied hand, like what's his name, Thing? Oh yeah. From yeah, Adam's, uh, family. Adam's family. So it was a disembodied hand of uh, an old musician. He got like a, a musical item there, but um, so his whole deal is he would play like a modern American music and the, the hand would like help him play. And like, it was between the two of them, they were their own little band. And the hand kind of did other things too. It couldn't carry much, you know, it was more or less just, he, he took it and ran with it. And I, I, it's just one of the cooler implementations because it's, it's literally not, it's not as good as like mage hand or, or something like that. It's just because it can't really do it. It's not, can't fly like thing could, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I get the points on that one. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Good for you, Kenny. All right. Who's taking us home? Oh, Joe. Wait. Yeah, Joe. God damn. <laughs> I was really hoping I read that wrong. I was like, no, we still have Tim. No, we don't have Tim. We have Joe. This will be so, short. So um, go ahead. Fish and chips. <laughs> i'll make it simple uh, i'll uh, i'll make it very simple and this is and this is me uh you know the the name of the game with this podcast is busting balls having fun what, you know but you know, i'm just going to come right out and say it why why play no, seriously seriously and, and 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 i mean no disrespect by saying that I thought you but, meant why but, are we doing this podcast yeah well, well that's well, also that too, yeah that too that too, that too. <laughs> but no, no. <laughs> i think everyone's <laughs> you're not wrong i'm going no, back no, no, to no. work damn it <laughs> <laughs> but no what is the appeal to you and i say that and it's like you know i i am going to you know i have to answer this as well i've i've always felt as though and and uh john art you know perhaps i could join a game with you guys at some point because i would love to learn about this i always felt that i was whenever i would look at guides i would get so overwhelmed by like the rules and such that that as a kid i was like nah this is not for me i would i would do stuff like i would watch pro wrestling which which is like its own beast which is stupid i get it but it's something that it is a kid so what was the appeal of this to you lightning round 
Tim. So I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, for me, it's kind of been, I mean, it largely the kind of the escapism of it. It combines two of my favorite things, essentially, like acting. I love jumping into a character and being a different person and, and just kind of, you know, channeling various emotions and things and just really being a character and then playing games. I've always loved video games. I've always loved board games. So it's taking like two of my favorite things in the whole world and mixing them into one thing. So it's just kind of like the perfect game in that way. Oh, I'll go ahead and hop in. Uh, It's kind of like filmmaking in my head. Uh, It's like every every single campaign, like I I see every single shot, I see how it's all gonna be laid out and everything. And it's 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 like my own little personal movie and everything. It's a lot of fun um socializing uh like i said it was just this past year year and a half that i started playing we it's basically this same group we would normally have poker nights or some sort of game night and since everyone had to stay home we we found a way to get online and still be able to connect uh, and then it kind of hits on the things especially like tim said i used to do improv and the, the ability to just get into this situation and you just go with it you know and you know you're not sure where it's going to lead you but uh you have a character, you just invest in the world, you have a lot of fun. And being a beginner, to hit Joe's point, one of the things that was stressed was just play. You'll, you'll work out the rules amongst yourselves as you go. Your DM's allowed to make shit up or veto or whatever. <laughs> you, you can have it be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, and there's just so much freedom to have. It's, yeah. it's just a great time. Joe, I'll play with I'll play with you, Joe. Yeah, the rules are really the <laughs> least important part of the game. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> for me, it's it's been like it's a it's a walk down to what was one of the most fun aspects of being a kid is that anything is absolutely possible yeah and you know instead of walking around the woods or whatever with your friends or by yourself and just imagining this whole world where anything's possible that you have these abilities you have these weapons you have these villains and these you know these heroes and anything the sky's the limit yeah instead of you know you're sitting around a table instead but it's a very communal thing and and once you surrender to it because it can be weird if you're not used to doing it but once you surrender to it it doesn't feel silly it feels liberating and it's just like you are now transported to a place that is physically impossible for you to do in any other way well well and kenny i I know you'd like to jump in here too, and uh, and I will let you once you you know I I I, I let you make your point and then of course award out our points. But like I made a joke earlier in the episode about BattleTech, and I remember I want to say in my middle school years that that was the hot thing, and you know I bought a guidebook uh, because a lot of my friends were playing it, and I was like, oh. You, you, you know, have to look into this, blah, blah, blah. And I did it. It, it, it was like reading Mandarin. It was just like, you know, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And I just assumed that was kind of the way that D&D was as well. So it seems like, it seems like, you know, it is, you know, it seems like D&D can be confusing as well. But, but even if you have, if you don't have much knowledge, you can just jump right in as, that correct john at least that's what oh, yeah, that, as a player as a player absolutely um yeah, okay. i would say someone who's never played dnd before probably shouldn't dungeon master their first <laughs> right yes our, <laughs> i i think actually that yeah. our our first time through i mean uh, minds of found delver it's a very basic you know uh, set it even has the pre-made characters oh yeah 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 our, I've got our, that. Our, well, what I mean is uh, the guy who's still RDM, I believe that was his first time even playing. Like I said, like, it's definitely approachable. You can, we gave, yeah. we gave but you got to want it. <laughs> yeah, we, we gave him a, a few weeks. Like he yeah. we had the character sheets and then there was a, like a few weeks for him just to prep the first session, you know, so that he I used to be tell, prepared. So I used to tell my guys that for every hour we're in here playing, I'm outside of the game for two hours writing and fixing it up. That's how that's how into it I I would get some, and then we just take it off the rails anyway. So it which, also, yeah, the, yeah. For, which for me is exactly <laughs> what I want to say is that as a dungeon master, you, you were talking about improv and stuff. It, it's apt as a dungeon master, man. You got to be ready for five people to take your plan and shove it up their ass. <laughs> oh yeah, and as, 
And that's why the number one rule, the number one rule for a dungeon master is there is no rules. (laughs) Is everybody having fun? If everybody's having fun, you're winning. Art and Kenny, I'm imagining, uh, you know, as as long as everything works out here, that our next Facebook live event might actually be a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Ooh, that would be fun. Well, not a full campaign. What we could do is a one-off module. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, we yeah. could do a total one-off. Yeah. It'd be like a one-nighter. I would love to this episode. I would love to see you in action with that, Joe. Yes. Be wonderful. Dude, let's set it up. <laughs> Kenny, what do you have to add here? I just did. We're good. Oh, nice. Fair enough. Nice. Yeah, well, we're at time. That's it. Well, yeah, that's awesome. A long one, Thanks, guys. guys, for coming out. Um, Tim, do you uh, have any updates on your game or your uh, your business that you want to share with anybody? I do. I do. I do. Not you, it's Joe. No Is your name simulator. Tim? <laughs> it's no lawn mowing simulator. <laughs> Fine. Uh, you know, we haven't we haven't uh, made any official announcements in terms of the game or anything, but feel free to go check out mountaingoatgames.com or check us out on Instagram at, at Mountain Goat Games um, or Twitter uh, MNTN Goat Games. Or John, Facebook. I hear Mountain you Goat have Games. a podcast. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, yeah, I would be the third host. I'm definitely not the main guy. It's called Millennial Rewind. And kind of what Joe was saying about the dragon cartoon that he loved. Our thing is we take a not so sentimental look at the things from when you were growing up, basically eighties and nineties television and movies. We're not out to offend, but we do swear a lot and have a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) Hey, look, if people are listening to this show, then they're going to be fine listening to yours. So oh, no, we're we're much we swear a hell of a lot more. <laughs> oh, you've just got us on a light day, then I guess. Today, All right. yeah. All right. We um, were actually into this one, so yeah. yeah. Like, we we recently put up Predator, and there was like music by Alan Silvestri. And if you don't know who that is, go fuck yourself. Of course, <laughs> as it should be. Very good. And Mr. Chris, I uh, similar to the film stuff. I. Uh... I, I write uh, film reviews, criticisms, essays on uh, on Letterbox. Uh, last mo- one of the most recent things I wrote up was on uh, Night of the Living Dead, because I went to go t- I went to a drive-in theater in Pennsylvania and I got to see some zombie movies and it was a lot of fun. Um, so you can check me out on Letterbox at Darth Gnome D A R T H N O M E. But yeah, rock and roll. I guess that's it. We've made it through one year of doing this show. How do you feel about that, Joe? Mm. Thumbs it up. <laughs> and we're one out. year. Um, how? How we're? Well, let's see. I'll be forty-one this year, so perhaps I should uh, chat with a Ouija board and find out how. <laughs> how many years i've left and we can go ahead and uh wow wow this just got this just just got really dark didn't it yeah it did okay i'd fuck a wookie I got the blues. I got the blues. I've got the alcoholic. No more beer. No more beer. My heart is cheered. Goodbye, whiskey. I used to sing the first song. And you're coming again. Gall staff, you have entered the door to the north. You are now by yourself, standing in a dark room. The pungent stench of mildew emanates from the wet dungeon walls. Where are the Cheetos? They're right next to you. I cast a spell. Where's the Mountain Dew? In the fridge, duh. I want to cast a spell. Can I have a Mountain Dew? Yes, you can have a Mountain Dew, just don't get it. I can cast any of these, right, on the list? Yes, any any of the first level ones. I'm going to get a soda. Anyone want one? Hey, Graham, I'm not in the room, right? What room? I want to cast 
magic missile. The room where he's casting all these spells from. He hasn't cast anything yet. I am, though, if you'd listen. I'm casting magic missile. Why are you casting magic missile? There's nothing to attack here. I'm attacking the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. You attack the darkness. There's an elf in front of you. Whoa, that's me, right? He's wearing a, a, a brown tunic, and he has gray hair and blue eyes. No, I don't. I have gray eyes. Let me see that sheet. Well, it says I have... Well, it says I have blue, but I decided I wanted gray eyes. Whatever. Okay, you guys can talk to each other now if you want. Hello. Hello. I am Gallstaff, Sorcerer of Light. Then how come you had to cast Magic Missile? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you guys are being attacked. Do I see that happening? No, you're outside by the tavern. Well, I get drunk. <sighs> there, are, there are seven ogres surrounding you. How could they surround us? I had Morton Titan's Magical Watchdog cast. No, you didn't. I'm getting drunk. Are there any girls there? I totally did. You asked me if I wanted any equipment before this adventure, and I said no. But I need material components for all my spells. So I cast Mordenkind's Faithful Watchdog. But you never actually cast it. Roll the dice to see if I'm getting drunk. <sighs> yeah, you are. Are there any girls there? Yeah. I did, though. I completely said when you asked me. No, you didn't. You didn't actually say that you were casting the spell. So now there's ogres, okay? Ogres? Man, I got an ogre slaying knife. It's got a plus. Plus nine against ogres. You're not there. You're getting drunk. Okay, but if there's any girls there, I want to do them. You guys are nerds. <laughs>